Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. We've got a lot going on here on a Wednesday. You guys know every Wednesday we officially turn the page in the NFL from week six to week seven. We'll take our first look at the New York Giants, the commander's next opponent. If they try to get above 500, that's always important. Got to stay one step above 500. They're three and three right now on the year with a very winnable game against the New York Giants. I do believe Daniel Jones will be the quarterback Sunday for the Giants, and he has been a commander's killer in the past. But hopefully the defense shows up. I don't know what kind of team we're going to get. Are we going to get the commanders that showed up against the Eagles and nearly won that game in overtime, or the commanders that beat the Denver Broncos, beat the Arizona Cardinals, the Falcons? Are we going to get the commanders that give up 40 points to the Bears and 37 to the Buffalo Bills. It's been a roller coaster season up and down. Which way will it turn on Sunday? We'll catch up with our buddy Bill Roth, play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies on the Cowan Gates Hokies update. No game for Virginia Tech football this weekend. And then Thursday night, Lane Stadium, Blacksburg will be rocking for Syracuse coming to town. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day, by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. And we'll start with some October baseball here on the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, 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 are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. Some sports app. All right, so tonight we will see the Houston Astros travel to Arlington, Texas to take on the Rangers for the... Three, uh, game three of the best of seven series in which Texas currently controls the series 2-0. First pitch is 8-0-3 and can be seen on Fox Sports 1. But last night, the Phillies got a big win, and it all started in the first inning thanks to former Washington National Trey Turner, who hit a home run to left center. Here's the call on ESPN Radio. The pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Crushed. Left field, way back, on its way, gone! Home run, Trey Turner! And in the first, the Phillies have done it again. A solo homer, one nothing. Phillies. Yeah, the theme of this series has been former Washington Nationals players just burning the Diamondbacks. Here we go again. It was Bryce Harper earlier in the series. Trey Turner gets it started in the first. And then... It's Kyle Schwarber steps up to the plate and hits a home run to right center field. Here's the call on ESPN Radio. Kyle Schwarber, the home run for him last night, his 16th career postseason homer in 60 now postseason games. Swing and a high fly ball drilled right field. That one back and that one is gone. Just got over the high wall and right. Schwarber will touch them all. A line drive homer over the right field fence. And it's 2-0. Career postseason homer number 17. And then Schwarber would step up to the plate once again in the sixth inning and hit another bomb. Schwarber goes yard as the Phillies would go on to route the Diamondbacks 10-0. Here's that call on ESPN Radio. The 2-1. Swing and a high drive. Right center field, on its way, that ball is gone! 
Schwarber has gone deep again. A bomb to right center field. And the Phillies extend their lead. It is 3-0. Over to the NHL here on the Sports App. So we're about one week into the NHL season. Only three undefeated teams through the first week. That's the Boston Bruins, Colorado, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Your Washington Capitals face off against Ottawa tonight, 7 p.m. And, of course, every day on the Sports app, we dive into the OV Tracker. The Russian machine that never breaks has 822 goals chasing Wayne Gretzky's 894 career goals. Needs 72 to tie, 73 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. He is yet to score this season. I've got a feeling his first goal comes tonight against Ottawa. Let's move over to the NFL here on the Sports app. So the big story in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers, right? There was a lot being said and some headlines that Aaron Rodgers was on the field inspiring his teammates. He had the headset on helping call plays as the Jets upset the Philadelphia Eagles and stopped their undefeated season. He's been helping the young play caller Zach Wilson out. Well, of course, Jets fans can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to make his return and it could perhaps be this season. Now, I still think that's going to be crazy uh, based off of the injury. All reports were, hey, this is 10 to 12 months, but he's trying some new age technology, some uh, new age medical practices to help him in his recovery. And he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday to discuss his recovery from the Achilles tendon surgery. There's still a lot that needs to happen, but here's Jets signal caller Aaron Rodgers. Look, I think we're kind of way ahead, Pat, and just even saying that. There's there's just markers. You know, you saw me walk without crutches and throw on the field. Like, that's another marker is going to be jogging. And then another marker is going to be going through a pregame workout, probably, and get on the practice field. And all these are going to take time. It's not just going to be, you know, boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. I, I would be shocked if Aaron Rodgers played this season in the regular season for the Jets. Let's move over to soccer Some good USA action last night. You know I got to break this down on the sports app. USA plays against Ghana, all right? Last night, so on Saturday night, they played Germany, and they were leading 1-0 thanks to a blast from outside the box from Christian Pulisic, the greatest American to ever play. Well, there could be some competition for the greatest American as Giovanni Reyna, the son of Claudia Reyna, who... We got some revenge, all right? When his father played in the World Cup 20 years ago, America played against Ghana, and Ghana hurt Claudio Reyna. Well, it was Gio Reyna who got on the board first last night, and I'll tell you this. It was the best game I've ever seen the USA play. I know a lot of people weren't happy that Greg Berhalter returned as the head coach. I didn't like that either. I thought we should have gone outside of America, right? Perhaps Marcelo Biesla. I wanted... uh, Jose Mourinho. I wanted someone with international experience, not Greg Berhalter. Uh, but the most important thing American soccer fans know, it was it was getting Gio Reyna back into the system, right? I mean, how great would it have been to have him starting and playing at his best in this past World Cup in Qatar? But here is the goal as Gio Reyna gives USA a 1-0 lead. Had spells with Newcastle, Norwich, and Birmingham, and one of his most successful times with Brighton. This is Des pushed forward down the right. The ball across goal drops to Gio Reyna! Gio Reyna with the goal! 
Nashville. It was incredible. A great goal from Gio Reyna. Then Fowler and Balogun gets a goal. Christian Pulisic knocks in a PK. USA is up 3-0 within the first 20 minutes and would extend that lead to 4. Final score 4 to nothing, thanks to this indirect free kick from inside the box by Gio Reyna once again. It's Reyna! It's a double for Gio Reyna. It's 4 for the United States. It's a rout in the first half in Nashville. So they go on to defeat Ghana 4 to nothing. Looked really good. Can't wait to see them in Copa America next summer and then the World Cup in America in 2026. But the MVP, Gio Reyna. And if you're a soccer fan at all, and even if you're not a soccer fan, Stubb, you should know, if you come onto the pitch with dyed blonde hair, you better be a freaking star. Gio Reyna did that and scored two goals with his dyed, bleached blonde hair, and, and it looked excellent. Uh, it was a fun game to watch last night, the best I've ever seen the U.S. play. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Craig Hoffman will give his take on the Washington Commanders at 2 p.m. Greg Medea to break down UVA and their difficult matchup this weekend at 12.30. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are always open throughout the show. You could be the quarterback, the GM of this segment. Let me know your take on anything in the sports world. 833-804-0910. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Joe in Richmond. Joe, you're on the fan. What's up, A-Y-A-Y Nation here, baby? Let's go. What's up, Joe? How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Uh, listen to you since day one, man. Um, I just had to had to correct you on one thing today. Uh, I heard that you said that uh, the undefeated teams in the NHL, man, and uh, you forgot my Islanders. I know that you're a diehard Cavs fan, man. I know you might not like the Islanders, but you got to give us a little credit, man. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I slept on the Islanders. I went through the standings, and I saw the Hurricanes top of the Metropolitan and I slept on the Islanders. That's my bad. Are you? Let me ask you, Joe. Are you? A, are you an all New York sports fan? I am. I am not an all New York uh, sports fan, man. Um, I, I'm an Islanders fan. I'm a Yankees fan. And then I go all the way down to the dirty South, the Dirty Bird Nation, baby, down there in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And y'all, y'all slept on us, man. Yeah. Oh man. So you had y'all a bad. You had a bad season with the Yankees. Falcons struggling. Uh, hopefully you can have a good year for your Islanders, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, I do appreciate it, man. If we didn't have Desmond Chumbucket Ritter down there, man, we <laughs> might have uh, done something well. I know. I was talking about it. Do you think Heineke wins that game? Heineke 100% would have uh, not thrown those three picks or at least that pick at the end. Heineke's more clutch. Heineke did it to guys last year, if you don't remember, man. Yeah. Um, he came He came out and uh, drove it down the field and uh, – I was at that game last year, and then uh, what happens? Uh, we throw a pick on the one yard line and lose that one to you too. So y'all like our kryptonite, man. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all got it going on. 
You know, I don't understand what your coach was doing going for two down by 14. Did that drive you crazy? Oh, it, it blew a fuse, uh, left field fuse, man. You, <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. You, you gotta, you gotta hold on, grind it out, man. And uh, I can see what they're saying about statistics and all this stuff, but hey, you, you gotta get the points where the points are due, man. Yeah. No, good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Thanks a lot. I think they want to go, Bubba. Yep, and uh, I need to correct myself here. The Islanders have two wins and have four points and have not lost. They are one of the undefeated teams in the NHL. All right, let's uh, move over here. I believe we've got my buddy Michael Phillips on the hotline. MP on the mic can be heard from 10 to 12 noon, and he's going to be doing a remote show tomorrow. So I believe he's out there on location right now. What's going on, MP? Oh, sorry, Sam. Where, where, where hey, hey, Adam, I'm showing, I'm showing the guy my parking pass right now. Here, I'm parking at the golf tournament. Hey, this is live radio. What's going on in the background, Michael? <laughs> He's right. doing the same. You got it. Thank you. All yeah. right, we're good, Adam. <laughs> All right, let, with that being said, I, let's play the sound. I was, a, I was awarded a parking spot. Attention. It's Crosstalk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on The Fan. It's like that one 90s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Crosstalk, but it sounds like Crosstalk. It's Crosstalk on The Fan. Oh, Face Off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Crosstalk. All right, Michael, you got your parking situation figured out? You're all good? <laughs> I, I have a parking pass. He's at- I, I've never seen I've never seen that before. I don't know what to do with that. And I said, Well, this is the media pass. It says lot two. I'm in lot two. He goes, All right, come around, park behind this guy. He's got one of those too. I was just waiting well, for you I to guess, tell I, him. I guess I guess I'm on the radio. Not never seen that. <laughs> I guess you've maybe not never seen that before if, if the guy literally right before me also had one. <laughs> All right, so every Wednesday, Michael Phillips and I cancel a team. Uh, if we've canceled your NFL franchise, it means we don't believe you can win the Super Bowl. You could win eight or nine games. You could win ten. You could get into the postseason. But a canceled franchise means hang up your helmet and your pads. Your season is done. You're not going to be celebrating with the Lombardi Trophy. Stubb, do you have the list of teams canceled by myself and Michael Phillips? Uh, AWOD canceled the Panthers, Bears, Broncos, Cardinals, and Giants. Feel good and about that. Michael Phillips has canceled the Giants, Cardinals, Bears, Patriots, and Panthers. Michael, how are you feeling about the teams you've canceled? I feel great, but I, you know, it was a little tough for this week. I'm a, I believe I am about to make team cancellation history today. Oh, really? All right. So uh, when you hear this sound on AWOD radio, you know that that is an NFL team that has been canceled for the 2023 season. You're fired. All right, Michael. Uh, I believe Stubb has put together a little sounder here to make the announcement for you on which team you will be canceling. Oh, I'm excited. All right. Los Angeles Rams. You're fired. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like a, it's like NFL draft style right yeah. there. That's great. The the pick is in. Doo, 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 doo. And it's the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I believe I am the first person to cancel a team that won a game the Sunday prior. I believe all other cancellations have been off of losses. Um, They did, in fact, uh, get their win over Arizona. I love Sean McVay. Uh, I will forever love Sean McVay. Uh, This team doesn't have 
the talent to compete in that division with the Niners. Um, the, you know, maybe they can compete with the Seahawks. Uh, but it, it, the NFC is still, well, I'm going to be canceling a lot of NFC teams because I, I feel like the cream has risen there already. Uh, and the Rams just aren't a part of that. Well, this is, you're right. You did just make history here at 910 The Fan. Not only did you cancel a team off of a win, but you canceled a team that's 500 and a team yeah. that if the NFL playoffs started today would be the seventh seed in the wild card spot because they have uh, win the tiebreaker over Atlanta and Washington based on strength of victory, division tiebreak, uh, which used to eliminate New Orleans. And so if the playoffs started today, they'd have the L.A. Rams in there. Does that worry you at all, Michael? Scared money don't make money, Adam. I'm in this. To, I'm not in this to win today's competition. I'm in this to win the season competition, and I am set up for success. All right, my pick is in as well, and I'm going to cancel a franchise here that usually is always above 500. Many would say this franchise has been a dynasty for the past 20 years, and they may have the greatest coach of all time, but that coach. I believe, is checked out. He's already punted this season, and he's got his eyes on Caleb Williams. The pick is in. New England Patriots. You're fired. You're fired, Bill (laughs) Belichick. The New England Patriots are at the bottom of the AFC, just ahead of the Denver Broncos, but they are 1-5, They look garbage. They have a terrible quarterback situation right now. They're not scoring points. They have 72 points scored for the season. That's second uh, worst in the NFL. Only team that's scored less than the New York football Giants. They just can't score. Blown out by the Saints 34 to nothing. Lost to the Raiders. That's why I'm canceling this team because he lost to his own pupil in Josh McDaniels. I think Bill Belichick has lost his fastball. Now, I I will also say... If they get Caleb Williams next year, I think this could be a playoff team. Christian Gonzalez will come back healthy. They've got some playmakers uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I think their biggest issue is they're missing a quarterback, but also their head coach has already punted this season. I believe he's tanking for Caleb Williams. A lot of people you know, say, hey, you know, you'll know they're tanking because they start shutting guys down. The Patriots, you'll know they're tanking if they keep playing Mac Jones, <laughs> if they leave him in there. That's how you'll know they're tanking. Yeah, I mean, you look at their losses this year. 38-3 to the Cowboys, 34-0 to the Saints, 25-20 to the Eagles. They kept it close in Week 1, lost to the Dolphins. Their only win against the New York Jets, and they really almost lost that matchup. So I'm feeling good about canceling the New England Patriots. Michael, great stuff, man. We're we're getting uh, a little closer here. It's hard to find teams to cancel, but we're also doing our NFL Odyssey Survivor Pool. Have you taken a look at who you would choose for this weekend? You know, it, it, I have used up a lot of good teams. I feel like you've been more strategic in not using up good teams, but it, it's still a favorable board. Do you have my pick? Because I, cause I, I, I had to run it by you. Yes. Am I approved? Am I approved? Michael Phillips has submitted the pick of the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't used them already this year. Um, I like the Seahawks. That's a feisty team. You know, good coach, good, 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 uh, good quarterback in Geno Smith. They're not gonna, they're not gonna win games. You know, dramatically against good teams. But I, I've caught them on on a down week. I really like that pick this week. Yeah, and, and you know what? You're going with the favorable option of just betting on whoever's playing the Arizona Cardinals, which I've been doing, plus whoever's playing against the Carolina Panthers. 
Uh, Panthers are on a bye this week, so I'll have to uh, study the board to find out which team I take. But uh, right now, I'll tell you, I'm leaning towards doing something that I don't usually do, which is taking a primetime game, Monday Night Football. Ooh. I have not used the 49ers yet, and they're facing off against the 2-4 and four Minnesota Vikings. What do you think about that? Well, I'm thinking about taking the bye week against the Panthers. I like their chances. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Oh, man. All right, yep, so I'm thinking 49ers, but I'll get my um, I, official pick out on Thursday. Uh, you can't go wrong with the Niners' bounce-back game for them after a loss. I love good teams on the bounce-back game, right? Chiefs have a tremendous record of that over the last few years. Really good teams like that don't take losses well. They get back to get after it. I, I, I really, I'll, I'll endorse that San Francisco pick wholeheartedly. Well, Michael, tomorrow we'll try the always difficult Comrex Crosstalk. We'll give that a shot Comrex tomorrow. Comrex Crosstalk. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, man. I'll talk to you later. Catch you later. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Happy hump day, everybody, in Richmond, Virginia. It's Wednesday, October 18th. And it's just after 12.30 p.m. There's a ton of good college football action on this weekend. I know I'll be watching Penn State at Ohio State. That's number seven against number three. Both teams undefeated overall and 3-0 in the Big Ten. Uh, Got a really interesting matchup with Tennessee against Alabama uh, at 3.30. The Volunteers number 17. Alabama needs to win all their games to get in the college football playoff after they've already suffered one defeat. They're number 11 on the season. So a lot of good college football. Duke, Florida State, 730 on ABC. And UVA against North Carolina. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is UVA beat writer for the Daily Progress, Greg Medea. What's going on, Greg? Oh, not much, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good here. So let's start with this matchup against North Carolina. The line, UNC minus 23 and a half. I mean, UNC is undefeated on this season. They've shown that they can score. Uh, the big thing going into this season was can they defend? So do you think Virginia should be able to score some points against this North Carolina defense? Man, they're going to have to run the ball to do so. And, and that's been a little bit of an issue for the Cavaliers outside of uh, their win over William and Mary when they ran for for 220 plus yards, and Paris Jones had 134 yards on the ground. This North Carolina defense is is improved from last year. Uh, last season they were they were last in the ACC in scoring defense. Uh, this year they're up to sixth in the same category in the conference. Uh, they've got two linebackers. This just, just got done talking uh, with Virginia's. Uh, coordinators a little bit ago, and, and the offensive coordinator for UVA, Des Kitchings, said Carolina's linebackers are as good of a, of a duo as, as they'll see all year. Uh, in, in said in, in Gray and Power Eccles, Cedric Gray, Power Eccles, the two Carolina linebackers. Uh, you throw in what, what came on Rutgers doing off the edge, uh, second in the ACC in sacks, and, and you're looking at a much improved North Carolina defense. So I think for Virginia, they want to run the ball anyway to at least keep some time of possession in, in their favor, uh, knowing what Drake May and company can do on offense at UNC. Right, You want to possess the ball a little longer, uh, so you're going to have to run it. Uh, but that's been, that's been a little bit of an issue, so uh, they're, they're going to have to hope that some of the changes they've made up front recently, right, 
they, they've inserted Jimmy Chris, the Penn State transfer, into the starting lineup at, at right tackle. Uh, bumped Uganda Nana, who's playing right tackle over the right guard, and, and displaced Ty Furnish from the starting lineup, who'd been their center. Uh, but he had snapping issues. They moved Brian Stevens in the center. So they've changed some things up front of the last few weeks, and uh, and, and they're going to have to hope it, it, it works and it pays off and that maybe coming out of the bye week, a little extra practice time, they can run the ball because they're going to have to if they want to score against UNC. Greg, what is your evaluation of quarterback Tony Musket? I know it's hard to tell because he's been in and out of the lineup dealing with the shoulder injury, but how would you evaluate the play of the Monmouth, Monmouth transfer for the Hoos? Yeah, I think I think he's been he's been kind of what they thought he would be, right? He's good off play action. Uh, he he can do a little bit with his legs. I think he's been okay since coming back from from injury. Uh, thrown for four hundred plus yards in the two starts, uh, five touchdowns across the games against Boston College and William and Mary. He, he has thrown the two interceptions, but I think a little bit cleaner. I know Calandria, Anthony Calandria, the freshman, was exciting. For, for Virginia in their games against James Madison, Maryland, and NC State. And I know some of the fan base probably wanted to see him continue as the quarterback. But I think Musket, you brought him in because he won the job, right? He won the job during training camp. He was the guy that they, they thought they could they could win with. And I think he's shown some some of the reasons why. Uh, I think there's, there's some connection there with the two receivers, Malik Washington and Malachi Fields. Uh, and, and I think he gives them something off, off play action. Just his experience, right? I think going into this, this stretch run, Virginia's got a brutal stretch run ahead uh, with the with the three ranked opponents over the next five weeks. You got Carolina, you got Louisville, you got Duke in there. Uh, you know, but before the, before the season finale against Virginia Tech, I think you, you kind of want to ride that experience and 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 hope that Busket can can albeit at the FCS level can use some of that experience that to help you in games and score more on offense. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point you're not going to see Calandria anymore. They want to put the red shirt on him uh, to save Correct. him for a future season, and hopefully they're able to keep him uh, there in uh, Charlottesville for the Hoos. Uh, but it's just crazy the way the cookie crumbles in college football. You're looking at a 1-5 in football team that's 11th in the ACC, but could have easily... You know, been four and two at this point. James Madison, yeah. NC State, and Boston College were all winnable games. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I know you throw the, you put those three games together, right? Those are three, uh, three, three, you know, losses by three points or fewer. Yeah. Last year they had three losses by three points or fewer. That's six in Tony Elliott's tenure as head coach. He's got twelve losses. Half of them have come by by, by three points or fewer. Uh, so it's something that this team has to figure out and how to win close games. Uh, the James Madison game, the NC State game, the Boston College game particularly, there are reasons they lost all three of them. Against JMU, they they blew a uh, double-digit lead with less than 12 minutes to play. Against Boston College, they blew a 14-point halftime lead. Against NC State, there were kind of some penalties late that doomed UVA. They've got to find a way to finish. And if yeah, if they can start figuring out a way – uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's there's some excitement. And there's a chance to build some momentum, but you got to find a way to close uh, in close games, right? It's a difference between maybe being a team that that has a shot at playing in postseason and being a team that's that's sitting in the basement of the conference, right? Yeah. The margin for, for for error, and I think I think Adam, you know, the thing with UVA is, you know, the margin for error is just so small, right? They're not going to out talent a lot of people in the ACC. 
but but you know they can they can be tough and they can hang uh, in the, in those games and they can if they can, can keep the possession, not turn the football over, if they can run it a little bit, not make penalties. You know they can hang with anybody in the league. They're not that far behind, uh, even though they might not have uh, you know the talent to. to to, to be better than an FSU or a UNC or or something like that, uh, you just gotta you gotta play cleaner games. You gotta finish. Yeah, and no, but you said it perfectly. I mean, Tony Elliott's gotta find a way to win these close games. He was brought in to be an offensive coach and lead this team uh, with some game-winning drives with his play calling, and it just hasn't happened yet. And the, the schedule is tough at North Carolina. They're undefeated, tenth uh, tenth seed right now in all of the NCAA. Uh, Miami, then Georgia Tech, that's not going to be easy. Louisville Duke and ends with Virginia Tech. So it's going to be a struggle of a season. What do you think the fan base would say has been the biggest bright spot for this season? I think most would probably argue the wide receivers. Yeah, that's 100% correct. I I think it's got to be Malik Washington and Malachi Fields. And I I think kind of coinciding with that is you've you've got – flashes of really good quarterback play from both Musket and Calandria. And I would say compared to where the quarterback spot was a season ago and, and the offense not looking like it had any direction, I think you, you got to be happy if you're a Virginia fan. Uh, with with They're starting to build an offensive identity, uh, and they, they know what they're doing on offense this season. I think that's, that's a reason for encouragement. But the two receivers have been excellent. Obviously, Washington leads the ACC in receiving yards. I talked to some folks uh, in the NFL scouting world, uh, and Washington off the radar before the year began as an NFL prospect. Uh, with the way Virginia's used him and the way he's produced at UVA, he's he's starting to turn some heads from from NFL draft folks. And uh, you know, maybe not you know a day one or even a day two pick, but certainly somebody uh, who, who's on the radar of, of some of the All Star games and and also uh, maybe a day three pick possibility uh, because of how Virginia's used him, developed him, and, of course, on his end, how he's produced uh, for the Cavaliers. That's Greg Medea, UVA beat writer for the Daily Progress. Follow him on social media at Greg Medea. Read his work, dailyprogress.com. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Adam. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. We've got the Richmond Commander coming up every day at 1 p.m. The question of the day is, does Sam Howell have enough weapons? Right? He's the league leader in sacks. Are guys not getting open? Is it the offensive line? Is it on Sam Howell? 833-804-0910. So you guys know every Wednesday, we officially turn the page in the NFL season from week six to week seven. Let's take our first look at the New York football giants. They are one in five on the season. Surprisingly, 0-2 at home. This game will be played uh, at MetLife Stadium in New York. The matchup predictor on ESPN predicts the commanders to win with 61 on New York, with .3 being left over as a possibility for a tie, as these two teams tied last year in New York. Because, in my opinion, Ron Rivera 
didn't play to win. Scott Turner didn't play to win. They played not to lose, and in the end, it bit them on the bum. So, your leaders for each team, I do believe Daniel Jones will be healthy enough to play this Sunday. He has killed the commanders, all right? Check out this stat that I saw about Daniel Jones. It is unbelievable. In his career, in Daniel Jones' career, against Washington, he is 5-1-1, obviously the tie last year. 5-1-1 against Washington. Against everyone else, he's 17-35. and Stubb, you're a math guy. You can do a little uh, stats for me here. He's 17 and 35 against everyone else. What is that win percentage? Like 25%? I mean, it's below 50%, right? Against Washington, 5 1 and 1. Basically, 85% of the time, he beats Washington. It's just unbelievable. Check my math on that. Get back to me. (laughs) Pull out your calculator, your Pythagorean theory. I know you're good at that. All right, so um, Daniel Jones this season, 888 yards. Two touchdowns, six interceptions. Sam Howell's smoking him. 1,500 yards passing already. Nine touchdowns to just three interceptions. How about the rushing attack? Saquon Barkley missed a few games, so it's not fair, but he has 53 carries for 207 yards and one touchdown. Brian Robinson Jr., 77 carries, 302 yards and three touchdowns. What about the receiving threats for the Commanders? It's pretty obvious their top dog is Terry McLaurin. 342 yards on the season, just one touchdown. Hopefully they can find him in the end zone this Sunday. For the Giants, they don't have any good wide receivers, so it's their tight end, Darren Waller, with 28 catches for 282 yards. Now, the question in between uh, in this matchup is, is Washington's offensive line going to be able to keep Sam Howell upright, or is Kayvon Thibodeau and the rest of the Giants' defense going to sack him like they sacked Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke last season, right? Uh, took a ton of sacks. Kayvon Thibodeau, in fact, had a sack fumble in the end zone against Heineke that cost us that game on Sunday night. So, in my opinion, I think everybody is making way too big of a deal about the sacks that, sh- that Sam Howell is taking. In my mind, we should not be talking about that. Like, it's driving me crazy that radio shows around the country, and especially here in the DMV, are talking all about Sam Howe's sacks when we're not talking about the defensive side of the ball that has given up 400 yards in four games this year. They've given up 40 points. They've given up 30, 33, 37. You can score against our defense easily. But yet everyone wants to talk about QB1 Sam Howe taking sacks. I would talk about that if it was an issue like if it was a turnover. All right? In my, it's not the same thing at all. It's not even close. All right. If Sam Howell had six to eight interceptions right now, we'd be talking about that all the time. If Sam Howell had eight or nine fumbles, yeah, we'd be talking about that and possibly be calling for his job. But he's taking sacks. So freaking what? What's the big deal? All right. It's not a turnover. It's not a killer. You can bounce back from that. And yeah, he has. He's thrown for 1,500 yards. And then you, if you look at this, at the stats, teams that get sacked as much as Washington should be scoring about 12 points a game, right? Because statistically, sacks do ruin drives. But they're not ruining drives for Sam Howell. You know why? Because he took a ton of sacks in college. He's taken a ton of sacks in the NFL. But he's got the arm strength to make a difference, all right? So I don't think it's a big deal at all that he's taking sacks. I really don't. And if, in fact, I want to pull up uh, something I read from Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. He's become ESPN's go-to NFL reporter. He said this. 
There is not a throw on the field that Sam Howell doesn't like or can't make. Orlovsky said he's arguably as aggressive as a QB as we have going on in the NFL right now. He's the most aggressive quarterback in the NFL right now. And, we're, and we got people complaining that he takes too many sacks and that he's going to get hurt and he's going to come out. He's a freaking warrior. He's built for this. He's going to be able to take these sacks and be just fine. And you know what? It's the hardest position on the planet to learn. It's the hardest job on the planet, playing the quarterback position. So he's going to learn. We're talking about a guy who's made seven career starts. All right? There's going to be holes in his game. He's going to have flaws. Thank goodness it's not the turnover gene that Kirk Cousins had. People forget that. Kirk Cousins was the best quarterback we've had in Washington until Sam Howell. And Kirk Cousins, everyone was making fun of him because of the turnover gene. In fact, Stubb, I went to FedEx Field. I was handing everyone Apple turnovers to celebrate how many interceptions and fumbles Kirk Cousins has. I was giving out turnovers as a joke because that's what it was watching Kirk Cousins' first six or seven games. It was a joke with the amount of turnovers he's had. Sam Howell hasn't had this many turnovers. So what's the big deal that he's taken a lot of sacks? All right, It hasn't stopped our offense from being in a good position to win a lot of these games. We should be talking about Hack Del Rio, about Jack El Rio playing no defense. How about the fact that we drafted Emmanuel Forbes and then they sat him on the sideline for the entire game? They couldn't even give him one snap. They didn't trust him, not even on special teams. We draft Quan Martin. He was involved in about six or seven plays. That's it. We drafted two offensive linemen. We're not talking about them. We should be talking about the defensive side of the ball being a failure and Ron Rivera missing out on draft picks left and right. Oh, Sam Howell's taking too many sacks. So what? He's still scoring a ton of points. And the offense is moving down the field. And Sam Howell's the only quarterback I've seen since Kirk Cousins lead us down the field for a game-tying drive and, and throw it into the end zone and connect with wide receiver Jahan Dotson. That, and that's another thing. I'd rather talk about where's Jahan Dotson, right? Why is Han Dotson, Han Solo Dotson, gone ghost on the Commanders this season? That doesn't make any sense, right? Because Scott Turner's not a good, as good an offense coordinator as Eric Bieniemy, but yet Scott Turner found a way to get Jahan Dotson the ball, right? So what's the issue with that? Is Jahan Dotson not running as clean routes as he did last year? Is there film on him so uh, defenders know? the little things that he's going to do to try to get himself open. There's so many other things I'd rather talk about than Sam Howell taking too many sacks. And no, I do not believe, I do not believe that Sam Howell is holding this team back. Holding this team back. Are you kidding me right now? The defense is holding this team back. Anyone who says that Sam Howell is holding this team back, they're not watching the same football games that I'm watching on Sunday. They must be distracted. They must be multitasking on Twitter. Keyboard warriors blaming Sam Howell. Sam Howell's not the problem at all. And him taking too many sacks is not that big of a deal compared to turnovers. Look around the league. Look at the team we just played last freaking weekend. Desmond Ritter had three interceptions. That's why they lost that game. Sam Howell could have had nine or ten sacks. Commanders still win. Why? Because a sack is not as bad as a fumble or an interception you got to understand that. A sack is not the worst thing that can happen to you in the NFL, especially if it's on third down and everyone's covered and you're running towards the line of scrimmage. All right? If he was taking a ton of first down sacks, that'd be different. All right? Because you'd see that would stall a bunch of drives. But even when he's taking a sack, 
He's been able to bounce back because he can throw freaking laser beams, rockets, 20 to 30 yards downfield. And he's connecting with his receivers left and right. Stubb, you're looking at me like you got an answer for my uh, stat question over there. I, I lost the numbers. Daniel Jones is 5-1-1 against Washington. It's just crazy to me to think that. He is 17-35 and 35 against everyone else. Right? So just think about this. If it was a 17-game schedule, all right, based on that, against Washington, all right, 17-game schedule, he'd be like 15-2, and two, right? Or or maybe 13-4, uh, and four, right? But against everyone else, he's a 4-5 or five win quarterback, right? He's in charge of a 5-12 and 12 franchise. My goodness, thank gosh we only have to play the Giants twice a year because Daniel Jones has been the commander's killer. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. 